Well, our culture is facing a pandemic of obesity and marked by a rise in diabetes, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, and dementia. And we know that our American diet has a big part of the responsibility. So along with changing our eating and exercise habits, how does our spiritual health play a part in our overall health? In his new book, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness, Dr. Kevin Vost will help you come to understand the importance of eating the real food that God created for us to find real physical and spiritual health. He's the author of 20 books, including Memorize the Faith and How to Think Like Aquinas. Dr. Voss is joining me today. Good morning, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Well, hello, Brenda, and thanks so much for having me on. Well, I got to ask this first. Our American diet, yeah, lots of salt, lots of sugar, lots of fat. How bad is that American diet when we're looking at the rest of the world? Yeah, it is. We we are one of the world leaders in many things, many good things, but also, unfortunately, in these things, you know, like like obesity and, and diabetes, the other diseases that flow from it. Just to put it in a little bit of a context, I'm, I'm going to be 62 years old in a few weeks. And when, when I was a kid, about one in uh, 20 children were considered obese, and now it's about one in five, so almost quadrupled. Wow. Uh, less than 15% of Americans were considered obese. Uh, at that time, and now it's, last I saw, it was 42%. And if we factor in not just obese, but also considered overweight, it's almost three out of four of us. It's 73%. So we have had significant changes, you know, during my lifetime in the last, you know, four, five, six decades. Our health has really suffered. So there are definitely things that we need to do to try to combat that, to show God gratitude for these uh, bodies he gave us. Kevin, I took an early childhood nutrition class once when I was a young mom trying to raise my kids the best way that was possible. And that nutritionist said something that I said in the opening, that we should eat the food the way God created it. Now, what does that mean? Because, boy, I go to the grocery store and I pull some of these boxes or or uh, cans off of the shelf. I can't even say some of these ingredients. So how do we find the food that God created if what's on the shelf doesn't exactly look like that? Yeah, and that's a great question. And just building on it, too, uh, you know, studies reported in the journal the American Medical Association showed that for American children and adolescents, uh, they are now taking 67%, more than two-thirds of their diet, is these ultra-processed foods. You know, foods that come with packages and labels and have all kinds of ingredients in them. But yeah, to be healthy, we really do want to stick to foods as God made them. And I give one example in the book. I, I give a recipe uh, from Ezekiel 4.9 where it says, And you take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt, and put them into a single vessel and make bread of them. And then I contrast with an ingredients list of one of our modern breads. And it includes things like... Uh, canola oil, defatted soy flour, wheat gluten, calcium propionate, sodium sterol, 2-lactylate, sorbic acid, and vegetable monoglycerides. You know? So it's kind of giving us an idea here how far things have gone. Yeah. But, but a simple way to do it is to think about the food I'm eating. Could my great-grandparents have eaten this food? You know, Did it exist then? And if it didn't, we need to be kind of skeptical whether this is the kind of food that will properly nourish our bodies. 
Well, Kevin, we've been listening, you know, for many years about this food pyramid and low fat diets. So things like whole milk or butter, we were exchanging those for non-fat milk or margarine. Is that proven to be a way to do these types of foods better than how it naturally comes? Yeah, and that, that's the thing I, that, that many experts, kind of looking back with the benefit of, of uh, you know, the time behind us now, have seen in many ways that may have been a mistake. Uh, you know, fat is, is a very valuable food uh, fuel for the body. And the average human body has something like 50 times the amount of stored energy in our body fat stores than we do in sugar supplies, which is the, the glycogen stored in our muscles and liver. So it was probably a mistake for us to be encouraged to have more and more carbohydrates like simple sugars and other carbohydrates at the detriment of fat and protein. And what we're finding now, too, is that the, the, more, the more natural foods that are naturally high in protein and fat, things like you know eggs and, and, and milk and, and certain fruits and vegetables, olives, avocados, when we take in higher protein and fat, it tends to be more satiating so we're not as constantly hungry. Mm. If we're eating these less nutrient-dense foods, it tends to make us hungry all the time, and also it doesn't give us so much energy, so it makes us tired. So it's often thought that, well, people are overweight because they, they eat too much and they don't exercise enough. Well, it's very possible that the foods we've been encouraged to eat produce just that. They, they make us hungrier, and they give us less energy to feel like moving about. Oh, absolutely. And Kevin, I want to say kudos and thank you for saying avocados for this girl boy. Any way you can get an avocado on a plate is exactly how I want to eat it. It is one of my favorites. Dr. Kevin Vost is joining us today. His new book out by Sophia Press is You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness. Kevin, in your book, you talk about how we are created in God's own image but we're not doing a very good job of respecting that temple. So what does scripture instruct us to do in order to love and respect the gift that our body is from God? Yeah, well, you know, St. Paul very famously, you know, reminds us, hey, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. He says, do you not know that that God dwells within you? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He said, in that temple you are. And and that's where I pull uh, the title from, you are that temple. So in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, St. Paul talks about that. And the Catholic Church has always taught that the body is not something evil, the body is good. God made us as beings, the Catechism tells us, not with two natures, but with one nature that's composed of both body and soul. And we know that when we die, our soul is separated from our body. But when Christ comes again at the end of the time, at the last judgment, we are going to be united with our bodies. So God has crafted us you know, to eventually have these bodies throughout eternity. So we're called to be good stewards. And as St. Paul says, to glorify God in our bodies, you know, to keep them healthy, to keep them energetic, so we can do great things in God's service. Well, again, heart, mind, and spirit, it's all connected, and it is the way that God created us. So, of course, he would give us the pathway in order to keep us healthy. Of course, just reminded of the beautiful Garden of Eden, it seems like, well, we have spent all of eternity since then, well, trying to get back there. And Kevin, in your new book, you're kind of helping us a little bit find that pathway forward to real mental and spiritual health. I've loved our conversation so much, but I am getting close to my break here. Can you stay with me through the break so I can continue our discussion in the next half hour? I'd be happy to do that, Brenda. 
Well, I am back with Dr. Kevin Voss. If you were listening in our first half hour, we got into a great discussion about the temples of our body, the gift they are from God, and well, what's the best way to take care of them? In his new book, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness, well, Dr. Voss kind of sends us on a great pathway onto true spiritual and physical health. Kevin, thanks so much for staying with me through the break. Uh, my pleasure. All right. So now we know that if we pick up a can or a box on the shelf and we can't pronounce the words on the ingredients list, it's probably not the way that God had created it for us to eat it. But anyone knows who's tried to change their habits will say, yeah, it's easier said than done. Kevin, you might agree with them, but that doesn't change the fact that change needs to happen. You were able to do that. So tell us how you practiced what you preached. Well, yeah, I'd be happy to. For one thing, I'm a lifelong weightlifter. I used to be a weightlifting instructor. I competed. I've I've trained now for 50 years. And I've also done cardiovascular things, running, running races, and so forth. So I kept myself strong and fit. But as I got older, despite all that exercise, I had become overweight. My waistline got over 40 inches. My blood pressure was high. Uh, And just a few years ago, when I changed my own eating, all that drastically changed. I lost 30 pounds, six inches off my waist, more than 20 points off my blood pressure by making fundamental changes in in my diet. But in a certain sense, I'll tell you, in a certain sense, it was not really that hard. When I was a teenager, Uh, At that time, I thought I could be Mr. Universe someday. You know, I didn't know about individual genetics. And at that time, I had like perfect discipline. I worked at a Burger King for years and never drank a single soda, never touched a French fry, never had a bun on a hamburger, you know, because I was so motivated with with this goal I thought was before me. Well, once I realized that wasn't going to happen, you know, I, I kept training, but I went the next 40 years or so thinking, you know, where did my willpower go? I'm always hungry now, you know, and I tend to get tired. But two years ago now, when I did switch to go far more in terms of protein and fat and real foods, far less processed food, far less sugar, I thought, boy, here's my willpower again. And it was just because the real foods satiate us and nourish us. And if a person can switch over to that, you know, it may be a little rough going at first, but you may be amazed that, hey, you know, I am not hungry all the time. And boy, I feel good. I feel like getting out there and exercising, you know, or at least walking the dog. So I'd say the message should be hopeful to more to more people. It's not going to be a matter, you know, just knuckling down and gritting your teeth. If we do live in these more natural ways, we will come to find that, that it's really might not be as hard as we thought. Well, Kevin, we pray that the COVID pandemic is in our rearview mirror. You know, going through these past few years, seeing how many people were affected, the number of family members who lost a loved one because of it. And it seemed like, well, so many doctors were trying to figure out exactly what it was that was causing some people to get so sick and others not. You know, in your book now, you do talk a little bit about how to avoid illness. Now, things like the COVID-19 or other illnesses, hard to avoid, but our overall diet, exercise, even our spiritual well-being, they're all ways to kind of put an armor on against illnesses. Tell us a little bit more. Sure, sure. I will say to my own professional career, my full-time career, for 32 years was doing disability, mental and physical disability cases for Social Security. So, so I saw, you know, all kinds of mental 
mental and physical diseases and how they changed from the 80s to up to the last few years and how they really, really grew. But yeah, so for something like uh, COVID, like a, a virus, you know, there's limited things that we can do, you know, to, to prevent catching it, to being exposed. You know, we, we try our best, but so many of us now have actually gotten it. But what determines how it impacts us can be things like our age, which we cannot control, but also pre-existing chronic diseases. So early on in the book, I even give statistics from our own, you know, Centers for Disease Control, the CDC itself, that gives, for example, it shows how obesity increased the risk of severe illness, uh, tripling the risk for hospitalization, uh, and even for uh, students, children under 18 had over three times a greater chance of hospitalization than the non-obese children uh, if they contracted COVID. So, so one of the ideas is if we make ourselves you know, healthier overall, we may still get some of these acute uh, viruses and things, but hopefully they will be less devastating uh, to our bodily temples. Kevin, when you were going through your own journey in changing the foods that you were eating to just really create an overall better health for you, did you rely on your faith in order to help you overcome those times where you just really wanted to dive into maybe a bag of potato chips? How can we rely on our Catholic faith to help us with our wills to do better within the foods we eat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one theme, you know, I'm a big fan of St. Thomas Aquinas because his writings brought me back from, to, to Christ after 25 years of atheism. And he writes extensively about virtues and even says how, he says how the virtues are to our soul is like health and beauty and fitness are to our bodies. So we can employ, you know, the Catholic virtues to, to help make, our, make us healthier and fitter. Just a simple example, you know, fortitude or courage is the ability to overcome difficult obstacles or to endure difficulties. And I say, boy, if we're going to train our body, strength training is overcoming difficult obstacles, and endurance training is enduring discomfort. Well, temperance is self-control or moderation. And boy, doesn't that apply to learning how to, to rein in what we eat. You know, so, and so all the virtues you know, can play a role there. But the key one for a Catholic is, is the virtue of charity or the love of God. And that should be our ultimate motivation. I use the phrase that we, we should try to become dynamos of charity. We're going to try to build up our health and wellness so we can share this with other people. So we have the energy, you know, to help our families, to help our neighbors, and, and to do a variety of things, you know, in the service of God. So, so virtue development is a key theme I, I try to emphasize uh, in the book, tying in the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. Oh, excellent. Well, that is just some of what you will learn about if you pick up a copy of Kevin's new book, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness. Kevin, where can our listeners get a copy for themselves? Maybe learn a little bit more about you and your other books, too. Well, sure. The, the publisher of this book is Sophia uh, Institute Press, so their website, sophiainstitute.com. The book is probably available at most major Internet sellers, and if you have a local Catholic bookstore... Maybe they have it or can get it. If anyone would like to contact me, my own website's uh, drvost.com, just drvost.com. Well, fantastic. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate your time so much. I have only gotten a little ways into this book, and boy, I keep turning those pages to the detriment sometimes of me getting out to take a walk. But I really appreciate your book, all of your insight and research into it, and really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're most welcome, and thank you for having me. 
And again, that is Dr. Kevin Vost. The name of the book, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness, out again by Sophia Institute Press. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get a copy for yourself. Also learn more about Kevin. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.